You're listening to Dynamo's Dust. Now let's welcome your host, Team Dynamo Kelly. You're my guest, uh, and, and I'm your guest, and obviously for my fans, I want to welcome Corey Daniel and his uh, beautiful better half, um, Alicia, as well. So um, I'm, I'm very proud to have you two guys on. Like you said, we uh, I reached out to you last week because um, one of the reasons that we're here is I came across a very, very interesting character called Isaac Cappy on YouTube, um, who was put to me um, from my brother. And um, I guess I guess the best way um, for my guests to uh, to kind of understand um, why we're here, what we're going to talk about, is for you to kind of I guess give a bit of a background on yourself and Alicia, and kind of explain a little bit of the backstory then on uh, Mister Isaac Cappy as well, and why it's such I guess an intriguing story. But I guess for your guests, yes, I am Ian. I run a podcast in Ireland. Um, it has always been primarily based on pro wrestling slash pop culture, sports, entertainment a lot. Um, you'll hear my intro. We talk a lot about talcum powder as well, uh, for no particular reason. So um, <laughs> we're uh, it's a bit of fun and it's gonna it's gonna be a nice simulcast as well. But um, Corey, I guess for my listeners, uh, you're a very intriguing guy and a very, very talented man. So let's first of all, I guess, give a little bit of a background the bio on yourself, and then I guess on who Isaac Cappy is and how you get involved in this, uh, in this. And then I guess Alicia is going to come in with some, um, some, yeah, some kind of yeah. personal knowledge on, on the, on the man himself. Sure. Well, um, like I said, my name is Corey. Um, I am born and raised in Arizona. I was born in Phoenix, um, moved out to the Western part of the state when I was about 18, cowboyed for a while up there. Uh, my father was in the, um, petroleum business. So, um, I mean, I've, I come from a blue-collar, kind of just on the edge of making it to the next level economic rung there. My father did well. So uh, we've been dirt poor, and uh, we've had a little bit of money. Or as Kid Rock would say, we've uh, slept in dumpsters, and we've been high with kings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've been our, our family's been all over the place. It's just uh, we are I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm half Irish, and I'm half, uh, I'm half uh, French, you know, so – we say in our family that we're hardworking lovers too, because we got both of those in us. Um, <laughs> but we we are a working family. Uh, we're very tenacious. Um, I when I when I when I moved out to the desert, cowboyed, we had a gas station. That thing fell apart. Went back to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we had about um, about fifteen gas stations here. We didn't have like a gas. We had, we had a whole. We had one hundred and forty employees. We moved about fifty million dollars worth of fuel um, annually through the Phoenix market. Um, that all crashed down in 08, 09, 10, right? Um, yeah, yeah. We, lost, yeah, we lost everything. We lost our, our homes, our dishes we ate on, our furniture, our every, everything got sold, everything, bank took it, whatever. We started back over again. Um, at that time, I went to the hotel industry from there, uh, concierge, front desk, all that stuff, uh, starting over again. Um, and then went into, um, went into guiding. 
Um, I've always been an outdoorsman. I've always backpacked and hunted and explored the backcountry. I'm an archer, so I do bow hunt. Um, you know, that, that's my, that's my base, um, uh, plants and knowledge out there in the deserts. And I was raised and worked with Native Americans and Mexicans my whole life out there and, uh, literally digging trenches and laying rooftop and everything else. So, um, I got back into guiding and that was a good fit for my knowledge base. Um, on one particular day last year, so last year now, two years ago, very close. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, year, uh, May 13th, right? Yeah. I, uh, I had a tour based out of Flagstaff, Arizona. So I had to drive 110 miles north, pick up my guests. Um, they were out of Flagstaff. I picked up uh, six people there, and then I drove through Belmont, Arizona. And uh, it's a little wide spot in the road. It has, has a truck stop there and, you know, a little mechanic shop. And then nothing happened. There was nothing going on in Belmont, Arizona. Zero. Um, I drove there at 9.26 in the morning. And um, then I made my way to Williams, turned north, had my whole tour of the Grand Canyon, came back to the Navajo Indian Reservation. Um, the next morning I wake up and I am inundated with phone calls and emails and text messages. Isaac Cappy died in Arizona. Do you know about it? Do you know about it? And I looked on and I found the information and I'm like, he died in Belmont? Belmont? You know, I'd remembered Isaac Cappy vaguely. I never got into a story, what he was doing. I was covering more esoteric stuff at the time I was covering. I was de-occulting. And if you go to my website, you'll learn what de-occulting is. In fact, I need to put a thing on there what de-occulting is. Um, but all my, all my work is, 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 is there. Um, if you want to go there, well, for, for, for your audience, thephoenixenigma.com, you'll see my life's body of work as it relates to these topics. Um, and I read the article, and it said that the highway was reopened at 1030. Isaac Cappy died. Isaac Cappy, by the way, was someone who um, – he was the person who came out, and he was outing pedophiles and pedophile rings and child trafficking and human trafficking, not just child. We always think about the children, and, and it is. The children are involved. But there's people. It's like, what is your, does, your, does your value as a human being go away and vanish after you're 18? You're no longer a legal child? No. There's human trafficking along with – and people always forget that. Um, but he was, he was talking about all of that, and he had this um, underground network called Unseal Epstein, and he had put together a body of people, and he was um, constructing the infrastructure to move information from the field up to peoples and persons in um, the FBI and back east and networking yep. from the grassroots Americans who were involved, who were being trafficked, yep. who were – who were doing the trafficking themselves. I mean, he, he was putting it all together. I've spoken to many of his back end, um, many of his back end people. Uh, they're now personal friends of mine who were there to actually facilitate and put together the computer uh, systems that were responsible for that. Um, so he was working on Unseal Epstein. The paper said he died 722 in the morning. And that uh, by 10.30 a.m., the roads were open. I was there at 9.26, and there were, no, there were no cop cars. There was no ambulance. There was no blocked-off road. Now, I'm a driver. I've been to the Grand Canyon like 860-something times from Phoenix, Arizona. Literally. Like 860 you know, or 80 times. I'm somewhere in there now. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I've been to Sedona over 1,600 times. Um, so I know the road. I know my road like I know my backyard. I drive across the state of Arizona for a living. I know every turnoff. I know every bump in the road. And I know when, when I have other drivers out there for the companies in different 
companies. There's a whole bunch of us. Um, we say, hey, we have a block off. You know, we'll, we'll put the call to the boss. He'll call the other guys. Hey, there's a block off. We got a roadblock. Take take such a, a route instead of, instead of that one. I would have called in. I would have noticed miles, miles of of a block off road. There was nothing. And then um, I start looking into it, and, I, and and being an occultist, and I am an occultist, I study hidden knowledge, if you don't know what that means. It doesn't mean that you're a devil worshiper in, in the least. It yeah. has nothing to do with the devil. The devil is a Christian um, um, uh, icon, a Christian um, – it, 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 the devil is in the Christian pantheon. Christian right? terminology, it, I guess, would, would be fair to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so the, the occult has nothing to do with the devil per se, although yeah. it's been thrown around like that. Um, those who would have you believe that it does are trying to keep you from this knowledge because, well, they want you to just um, be controlled. Yeah. So that being said, I start looking at the occultism involved here. And I'll just one more thing, then we'll, we'll go off in a different direction, or you can fine-tune it at this point. But the ritualistic overtones, and this is not new, whether you're talking about 9-11, the Florida shooting, Sandy Hook, that we're not allowed to say on YouTube, that we're just said it anyways. Uh, when you talk about these... Um, these events, the Las Vegas shooting event, I mean, I could go down the list, man. The Aurora Batman shooting, um, the, the gay nightclub shooting, you go on and on and on. These are scripted events, scripted events that are public rituals. That's what they are. They are – the ritual no longer takes place in the grove, it never takes place in the basement like you see an eyes wide shut you know, or in some rich mansion. They take place in full view, okay. and they utilize the – cameras and the media and they pull in the collective consciousness of not only america now but the world and all of that i mean look at look at what happened uh, and i'm just going to look at the the current situation with um george floyd mm-hmm. look at look at the spell being woven right now we have riots in berlin we got riots all over the place now because one guy gets killed and not minimizing his death but you know previous to that week there were 14 people shot in chicago i think yeah. So um, they're hyping it up. They're using the media and the Internet to make things go viral, um, to move the consciousness in a specific direction. And that's exactly what we see happening with this whole uh, George Floyd thing, what we saw with, um, with, 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 with all of it. Isaac Cappy's death happened at 722 in the morning on May 13th. Okay, May 13th is the 133rd day of the year. He died at 7.22 in the morning. Okay, the year previous to that, Isaac Cappy came out at 7.22 or July 22nd at 1.33 in the afternoon at Comic-Con. And that's when he outed, that's when he outed um, uh, Steven Spielberg. Um, that's when he outed uh, Tom Hanks. That's when he outed um, – who else did he out that day? Seth um, Green, and that one, possibly, was it? Seth Green. Seth Green. Yeah, Seth yeah. Green. There's and, a list of like 30 people. Yeah. 40 people. Yeah, he came out in the next few weeks and just it just dumped all the names that he knew. By the way, Isaac Cappy um, was a Hollywood actor, okay? Yeah. Um, he was he was a, a B-actor, so he was in Beer Fest. He was in um, – um, oh, Thor. Thor. He was in a whole yep. bunch of movies. He was the pet store yeah. guy in uh, in Thor when uh, when when um, Thor goes in and says he requires a horse. Um, Isaac yes. Cappy is the guy who's uh, standing there uh, looking One really confused. <laughs> Pepper, lay down. Lay down. Come here, Pepper Beast. All right, the mailman so there. We have Pepper as um, well. We have three now. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three. So, um, and I noticed that the time and date of his death was flipped exactly, fucking exactly, mm-hmm. to um, to the time and date of when he came out and made these accusations. By the way, May 13th is the 133rd day of the year, right? He died, That's when he came out at 133 in the afternoon. 722 was the date he came out, and he died, and, and he died at 722 in the morning. The date and the time of his death were flipped with when he first came out and out of it. Um, and, that, and that's not all. You can go through all the ritual occult numerology of the entire um, of, 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 of the entire event. Um, you know what I got here. Um, well, so for a lot of my listeners, for example, just just yeah. to uh, just to go back to to the start a little bit, and then we'll get into some of the the numerology and stuff there as well sure. to put a bit of context because a lot of my listeners would be pro wrestling fans who would have listened to say Chris Jericho's podcast, who's recently um, had some guys talking about the uh, the importance of the number thirty three. So obviously we we'll go into that as well. Sure. Um, with yourself because obviously there's no better man to talk to um, when it comes to that. Um, mm-hmm. Isaac Cappy. Um, like we said, he was he was a Hollywood B-list actor, but who had become very friendly with a lot of the mo- modern, I guess would be fair to say, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hollywood elites, people like Seth Green, who obviously um, has a has a, a big role in, in, in a lot of the the shows that you would see on TV, like Robot Chicken and some of the guys that work with, uh, I, I believe it's um, Rick and Morty, James Gunn, mm-hmm. all these people, so... Seth Green, or sorry, uh, Isaac Cappy, for anyone that hasn't seen the video, um, basically came out at a very, very similar time to when Corey, uh, Corey Feldman was talking about um, making money for um, outing some of these Hollywood pedophiles, yet, you know, Isaac Cappy just made a video and came out with names, like you mentioned, Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg, uh, James Gunn uh, and lots of others, forty as as uh, Alicia said, and just basically said, "Look, I'm well, yeah, just I doing mean, it for free." So, just real quick here: um, Dan Schneider, Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, Barack Obama, Kevin Spacey, Kathy Griffin, Oprah Winfrey, Sean Carter, Beyonce, Anthony Kiedis, John Legend, Jim Carrey, Stephen Tyler, Ben Affleck, Will Ferrell. I mean, you, Will Ferrell's a creepy fucker anyway. Um, it just goes on. I, I can't stand that dude. Will Smith. He calls out Will Smith. Uh, John Cusack. Anderson Cooper. Demi Moore. Brian Affleck. Meryl Streep. Wanda Skykes. Uh, Chelsea Handler. That's just a few there. Um, wow. And those are, those are accused. That's, those are the names that Isaac read out. Um, and there's a disclaimer on here. It says, you know, this is the one that, that he said. I don't know. I have no personal knowledge, but that's what. But now I think dead. Can you just add in here right now what you told me this morning about Epstein's files and how they're not going to be open? Yeah, I just got some. Um, I just got a piece of news that just came through here. Um, uh, what did I just see that here? Um, uh, the judge, a judge, a federal judge in America has just declared that. Um, the files pertaining to the Jeffrey Epstein case are going to be sealed. Um, they're not going to be coming out with those uh, on, due, due to a technicality, meaning that some of his testimony and all the other stuff involved, i.e. the senators, the congressmen, the judges, all that shit, um, that the, because Epstein was a brownstoning operation, and brownstoning is where you do sexual blackmail. It comes sure. from the brownstones in New York. There was a mayor that was involved Tony in that back in the yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, we knew when Epstein got arrested, he would never stand trial. We knew he was dead as fucking doornail as soon as they had him because he's just a liability. And all this shit about, oh, Epstein's alive, and they switched him away. Why the fuck would they do that? He was the, well, he was the, um, he was the keystone as, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quote Isaac Cappy. He's he was the, the keystone, keystone yeah. for the whole motherfucking matrix. And yeah. once you pull it out, once you pull it out, it all comes down. Um, and he was absolutely right. So, yeah. <laughs> Isaac Cappy is now a keystone in terms of uh, he has cemented the momentum. He's more than just somebody. He will live on as, I guess, the energy that we wrap ourselves with to move this movement forward. And my goal is to clean up my country, my filthy country of we're surrounded by fucking wolves. We got Hollywood on the West Coast raping and pillaging and doing all their shit, just taking down the moral structure and fabric of our nation, which is, you know, they are the entertainment wing of the CIA. Everyone knows that. Then on the East Coast, you have D.C., and that's as corrupt as corrupt can be. And I pray every day that, uh, you know, Trump isn't corrupted, that he doesn't lose his way, that he is really working in our interest. Some days he appears that he is, and some days it appears that he, um, well, he's gone on the full, full, full Zion mode uh, as, a, as a Zionist and uh, does shit I don't under, under, understand. So I don't know, man. Um, there's a lot going on, but Isaac definitely um, has solidified the movement in terms of um, uh, he's a base that we can surround ourselves with to move this forward. So Yeah, we can't let those stay sealed. No. Um, we, that's a, we, that's actually, there, there needs action on that. That's a good idea. Why don't we bring in, uh, we're bringing Alicia in because Alicia obviously had personal uh, a personal relationship and knowledge of Isaac Cappy. Um, so it's, it's, it's really good in the sense that we can actually bring someone in um, to put a little bit of context on A, the person I guess that he was, and B, just in terms of, um, I guess this is a good question for you, Alicia, because I've not heard this question asked to you personally myself. Um, what was the noticeable, like, did you know Isaac before he was aware of this information, i.e. with Seth Green, which we'll get into, which is where it all, it all began? Um, and if, if you did, was there, what were the, the noticeable changes in his, I guess, personality and demeanor um, once he was aware of that knowledge? Um, I didn't know him before he came out and started um, okay. outing Hollywood. I didn't know him before that. Okay. Um, but over the over the period of time that he was, from the time he outed Seth Green to the time that he passed away, there was a significant and noticeable decline in his in his well in his well being. Um, he went from uh, feeling like maybe he was safe to having interviews and saying maybe it would cost him his life to continue doing it. He traveled to the other side of the world, and when he came back, he was really, really different. That's when he. Well, that's when I. Well, I never knew him, but um, going through and marking, doing the timeline and watching his videos, he he changed a hundred percent. He went there, you know, like he was on a mission to go meet Fiona Barnett um, in uh, in Australia. When he came back. He was just let down. Something happened in Australia 
And um, that was the beginning of the decline. And then he just got worse. And for about a month and a half, two months, he was okay. It just got worse and worse until, God, the last two weeks um, when you were there. Yeah. He... He went in February, some, you know, he had some other things happen in his life. He had this storage unit broken into and his viola butt playing was stolen. And he was a, pro- he was a child prodigy. He wrote a lot of music um, and he was extremely talented. Yeah. And yeah. The, the, the viola was his, probably his prized possession at that point in his life. And he had it stored away and his unit was broken into and that and a few other items were stolen. And, um, was really demoralizing to him, and he, you know, it it really it was a real ding to his energy. And um, then uh, in March, he did his brackets and jackets series, and um, it wasn't but you know a month and a half later that he was gone. And um, in the early part of May, he really started. De- to decline, and um, there there was one day where I did a, a dream interpretation for him, and we we had a good conversation about it. He was really curious about what his dream might mean, and um, it was it was really uh, kind of neat for me to be able to do something really personal for him at that point and talk to him about his dream, and uh, and then he had started bringing conversation into our little family chat group about things that were going on um, in his meditations and things. And we started to get really worried. And on on, uh, May 8th, he requested with a Wednesday and he asked for some company and he was hours and hours away from me, but um, people, you know, I was wondering if anybody he knew better than me was going to be able to get out there and go see him. And I messaged him and asked if he had any takers on his request for a visit. And he said no. So I said, all right, I'm going to come out and bring you some dinner. And we'll cook dinner and we'll have a chat. And, uh, you know, so I got done with work. I ran to the market and I headed out and cooked him some dinner. And we had... um <laughs> You know, I'm I'm kind of a shy person, and I don't just go around meeting people on the internet. Oh, gotcha. And I was, you know, I was a little bit nervous about doing that. Um, not that I was afraid of Isaac or anything, but it was just, you know, it was not a thing I do. So I was a little bit nervous when I got there, and uh, when I arrived at his place, and he opened the door. Dave, real quick, do you want to roll over here? I, I can. You can roll over here for his okay. wire. Go back a little modern second here. That way people can also. Come on. There we go. Got my where you need it. There you go. Hi. Hi. Um, so. Uh, let me get you. When, uh, when I got there. There you go. There. Um, and he opened the door. I was surprised at how um, different he looked in person than on his, uh, you know, on his screen. He was really, really skinny. He was, he was a taller man, close to six feet, probably over six feet with his hair sticking up on top. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, he, he probably weighed a total of 150 pounds. Wow. Um, he was just skin. He was skin and bones, and he yeah. had dark circles under his eyes, and yeah. he looked like he hadn't slept in 
weeks, not days, but weeks. And um, he was pretty anxious. And so we, you know, I just came in and, and did my thing. I, well, I know what I can do. I can cook some dinner. So while I cooked dinner, I talked to him and asked him some questions and tried to, you know, just make him comfortable with being having a stranger in the house because I'm sure it probably wasn't, it was the first time we met in person and, you know, he looked like he was feeling a little awkward, like I was feeling. So I talked to him while we cooked dinner and um, I kind of just chatted at him, told him some things about me so he could kind of get to know me a little bit and feel more comfortable. And then he started talking to me and um, when we sat down for dinner, he held my hand and we said a prayer over our food and um, he was thankful for it and he ate like he hadn't eaten days and um and then as I was cleaning up he was anxious and he started walking and pacing around in his place and he would walk circles around the dining room table and then he'd go down the hall and he would come back and stand there and take a deep breath and try and calm himself and um the conversation that we had was um, kind of broken. He would, I just kind of let him talk and let let the let let the space be for him. And um, he he talked to me about things that he was experiencing in meditation. He talked to me about things that he was experiencing in um, his, um, you know, in his daily life. He was. He said, you know, he says, I'm, there's a lot of noise and a lot of sound coming at me and it just doesn't stop. And I, I kind of was suspicious about what that meant, um, but I didn't make any assumptions and I let him, I, I didn't ask him too many questions because it seemed, when I asked him questions, it seemed to interrupt his, his, his flow of thought and kind of what he might want to tell me. So, mm. You know, we were we were kind of concerned about him on Wednesday when I went out there. So I wanted to give him the space to have a conversation. And um, he told me that night that um, he was afraid that he'd let some people down, that he had, you know, made a big mistake. And he had mentioned that he'd made a mistake, but he he didn't tell me that night um, what he'd done or what had happened. Um, he just talked a lot about um, knowing that he had let somebody down and knowing that people would be upset. And and he talked a lot about um, the interesting things that he was experiencing in his meditation and and that were coming at him. And um, again, he would get up, he'd leave the hall, he'd go down the hall, he'd come back. And at one point, you know, it, there was a lot of hugging. He seemed to need some physical connection. And so he would come over and he would hug me and he'd hold on really tight and he'd let go and realize that he was probably, he didn't want to make me uncomfortable, but he needed to be, he needed to be connected to and touch. So I sat him down in a chair at the kitchen table and I said, why don't you sit down? And, um, I'm a retired massage therapist. So I, um, I gave him a neck and shoulder rub and, uh, uh, he was he was skin and bones, and I I came up his neck in the back of his head, and he had a knot about this big. Yeah, it was about this big across, yeah. three three and a half inches wide, and it was really really swollen. And um, when I came up around the back of his ears and into his temples, his head was so tender. Um, he really didn't want me to touch his head, and um, 
then I really began to worry about what was happening with him um, more than more than I was when I got there. And uh, he, he told me that he really appreciated the the massage and he was starting to feel like he could relax and maybe get some sleep. So I wanted him to sleep because I knew that he hadn't been. And so I said goodbye and I made plans with him to see him in a day or two. And um, cause he looked like he needed some more company and Saturday was coming in and I knew I could spend an entire day. So um, uh, we said goodbye and I left and um when I and then Friday happened. Friday was the day that he did his last um, periscope. Yeah. And um, I'll let Corey talk about that when he comes. You know, when he comes back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's kind of uh, for a lot of people that are familiar with the story, or, or for a lot of people that want to go and I guess follow the timeline that Corey has. Um. You know, of when when the first video came, you can kind of follow them all chronologically, which I did. And you can you can unfortunately see the general general decline in in appearance, um that you that you mentioned. I guess it would be fair just for me to ask this. I guess from my listeners, who are experiencing this story for the first time, um, to you know that might be saying, okay, is this just a man that you know obviously went crazy, or is this you know because it's it, these are questions that a lot of people will will ask, and I think it's you know you know for me personally, that's not my feeling. Um, but for a lot of people that are, are initially asking this, and you know yourself, there's a lot of people straight away that want to point the finger and try and debunk something straight away um, without knowing the context or, or, or value behind the man. But, I mean, there was no drugs involved. We can, we, can, we can categorically say for a fact that the important people that were around, Isaac Cappy and whatnot, um, there was no drugs involved um, in terms of some of the accusations that came out by some, um, I guess, idiots. Um, is is only fair to say? Yeah, well, let me address that real quick here. Um, sure, Corey. Sorry, real quick, because uh, yep. pe- pe- no, no worries. Uh, people are asking in the comment section right now. Um, I got the tox screen back, um, and his he had um, tobacco, nicotine. Yeah. Um, he had um, uh, uh, cannabis, THC, and uh, there was one other alkaloid found. I think you like some. Then, I think you like the beer or two, but that's that's pretty common. No, yeah, he had he had, no. He was a light lighter. He had like yeah. a beer. When he did drink, and people said, "Now he'd go out, he'd have like a beer, and he was done, or half a beer, he wouldn't sure. even finish it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when he's yeah. in Australia, he didn't have like I think he didn't have one beer the whole time he was in Australia. I think he had yeah. one or two. Yeah. Um. So he he wasn't a drinker. Yeah. He would smoke occasional marijuana. When you were at his house, there was no paraphernalia. Not there was like, nothing not like there. <laughs> not like the artist. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, there there wasn't a pipe. There wasn't a little canister of weed. There was there was nothing. Um. He had a. Some um, antifungal medication on the bathroom counter, and um, his room was tidy. His room was clean, and we'll address that when we when we come back to what happened sure, after he died. Sure, but sure. Um, he was he was not on high. He wasn't he wasn't on drugs. He wasn't high. He wasn't um, you know he wasn't running down the hall to take a hit and come back up yeah. the hall to talk to me. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was totally coherent and totally sober, and you can see that in his drug talk. Yeah. Um, also, there was no drugs on his person when he was uh, found. There was no drugs in his vehicle. Nothing. I, he had no drugs on him. And he, uh, you know, I, I, I interviewed Michelle. Um, she was the landlady who he laid, stayed with, and um, she said 
she said he he didn't do drugs. He said, he said, said that was never a problem. He'd smoke marijuana occasionally. Um, and that was a social thing because yeah. uh, Kayla brought it over. Yeah, uh, that was it though. So he wasn't a druggie. And and but marijuana, that's I don't consider. I, I don't smoke marijuana myself, but I don't consider that a drug to be honest with you. Anyway, you know what I mean. So. Yeah, um, nor do I. It doesn't agree with me, but um, it's not, you know, nothing Nothing will come of that. But I find it interesting that when he went to Australia, Fiona Barnett, who I, I don't care for her, I have feelings on her whole story, um, she said that she had to kick Isaac out because he was a druggie and he was doing drugs the whole time. And that's just not true. Yeah. It's categorically a lie. Okay. Um, unless, unless... He didn't do drugs his whole life. I mean, I'm sure when he was a kid. I mean, fuck, I've 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 dropped acid. We've you know? all dabbled. We've all dabbled. We've all dabbled in shit back in high school and just had high school, the college years. And then you know, um, they hold up. Um, uh, he in his final letter he says, um, you know, I've done drugs. I don't know. I th- was he talking about when he's a kid? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I because I, he, he had no drugs. He had no. Everyone who knew him, I spoke to everybody he knew, um, for the most part, and um, those, those, those last few uh, months. And not one person tells me he was on drugs. Not one person tells me he did drugs. Okay. So just, that's for the record uh, from yeah. what my investigations found out. I think that's very important. It is. It is. And that's why I asked the question, because obviously a lot of people that will hear the story for the first time that won't be familiar with this type of work, for example, that you guys do as well. Um, I just wanted to put a little bit of context on for new listeners that, you know, I want to kind of set them on the journey if they are going to go and investigate yeah. this or even research it and um, to go into it with the, with the mindset sure. that they're not going in with uh, with false narrative. Yeah. With false narrative. I'd also like to, one small little point, though, I'd also like to say just because somebody is on drugs as well. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean what they're saying is not true. Sure, you a have lot of a people. Lot of, a lot of people take drugs because of the information that they know. You know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, some people take drugs uh, because they are sexual victims. They are yeah. satanic ritual victims because yeah. they have been involved in shit. I mean, when I talked to Cody Snodgrass, uh, that was a gentleman who refused the job to blow up the Alpha P Murrah building for. You know, you heard a little thing called Oklahoma City bombing. Sure, back in the nineties, okay. right? In the nineties. Yeah, nineties. Yeah. He was the contractor. Uh, he worked for the CIA, yeah. and he said, "No, I won't do it." But at that time, he'd been drinking heavily, and he says, "You know, killing people for a living and blowing shit up your entire life takes a toll on you, mm-hmm. and you know, you drink or you whatever you have to do to compensate." So. Um, and you and I talked off air a couple days ago about this. Um, the reason why I don't do so much with SRA survivors now is because y- you need to be so strong, and all you're going to be doing is is sifting through muck. When they come to you, um, A, they have stories of being uh, abused and trafficked and raped and whatever. They generally have drug problems. They generally need money. They're in states where they, they, they have to have all kinds of help. Um, they can't hold a job. And you wonder, okay, is this a junkie who's coming for the free stuff because you're offering help? Yeah. And they're inventing a story like every meth addict and junkie will do. They'll, they'll, they'll be whatever you need to be to get free money and food and shit, right? And sure, junk. sure. Um, or is this somebody who really had a satanic ritual abuse or some girl who was raped from the age of 5 to 16 and then kicked out on the street and turned out, um, and she turned to drugs? Mm-hmm. And what she's saying is real and needs help. And now she really is a, a junkie. But that happened as well. Yeah. Yeah, or is the truth somewhere in between there? Yeah. Um, 
and you you you'll never really know unless you invest months of research to get that story verified and that's not what I do. That's not. I, I don't have the time, energy, or resources to well, do that. Let's, well, let's take a little uh, from from my side. Let's take a little uh, because I'm sure there's people that are going to be sitting here on their uh, daily commute here, trying to digest so many information that they've heard here, um, because it is quite a heavy subject, um, especially for a lot of people that are only you know dipping their toe, I guess, so to speak, into it. So yeah, from my side, let's take a little uh, little pause for the cause, a little five minute break, and we will come back on Dynamo's dozen. Um, obviously, sure. Corey and the Phoenix Enigma are going to continue to uh, continue to roll on YouTube. Um, thank you to Corey's fans as well for allowing me to uh, to come on here as well. And I hope um, I hope if a lot of this is regurgitated from my side, you can understand um, why why we are here. Um, it's I suppose it's to educate and and get uh, a little bit of um, a little bit of awareness as to what some of the things are going on outside of our daily bubble. Um, and I think mm-hmm. I think it's important that we do that. So, guys, I'll be back in five minutes. And uh, cool. thanks once again. But we are when we are it? we are back as well. Um, we're back with Alicia was gonna was gonna bring something in there just for anybody um, that hasn't. I just want to say welcome back. But also, please do go to the Phoenix Enigma on YouTube, um, and subscribe. Hit that subscribe uh, button and the bell notification as well because you will be notified of a lot of the great work uh, that Corey and Alicia do which I'm a big fan of anyway um, and I think you guys will be too and it's an amazing story because you will actually be able to watch this video in full if you want to see my sexy face and Alicia and Corey as well um, and spend some time with us it will be on YouTube there uh, once this stream is over but um, there's a lot of um, information there that Corey has just given um, while we were in our break as to how you can go and um, look at the Isaac Cappy mind map, which uh, obviously Corey will talk again for my fans. Um, sorry to bore his own fans there. I do appreciate you all bearing with me. Um, but it's uh, it's really important work that he did because it puts a lot more context on um, the, the supposed passing of Isaac Cappy, but not only the supposed passing, whether you believe he did uh, indeed pass away or not, but as to why he may have and the events leading up to that, and not not only that, the most important part, the investigation or lack thereof from the authorities once he did pass. Um, and I think that's, yeah, uh, it was deemed a suicide within an hour. Yeah, um, yeah. His parents received a phone call uh, within about uh, three hours and saying your son committed suicide, and your son jumped off the uh, bridge, uh, the uh, Transwestern Bridge in Belmont, Arizona, committed suicide. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> For three hours, he just—I mean—he wasn't pushed off. He wasn't coerced off. Um, if someone jumps off of their own accord, it can still be murder as well. They can be pushed to murder. They can. What if you kidnap someone's daughter and say, "Hey, if you unless you jump off that bridge, I'm going to kill your daughter." I mean, a million things could have happened. Can we um, can we talk about one important thing as well for a lot of people don't know? Um, and I mean, again, myself, nor Corey, nor Alicia here are are verifying any uh, alleged, um, alleged, I guess, accusants of uh, of the people that Isaac Cappy uh, mentioned here. We 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 have no information to verify for a fact that Steven Spielberg or Tom Hanks are indeed guilty of the crimes that Isaac was uh, saying but but what we are saying is that it also needs to be investigated um sure can we can we go actually 
a little bit let's go back to the start actually for some of my listeners okay. here okay um the one thing that stood out to me okay so we can mention tom hanks we can mention steven spielberg isaac cappy never claimed to have first-hand information or first-hand i guess accounts or experience with either of these two uh these two individuals however he did mention uh seth green and his wife and i will i will do this bit if you want because i'm, I'm sure you're blue in the face doing it right now um yeah, go ahead, go ahead, basically, take it. basically, Isaac um, came out with a video and said that Seth Green, who was a friend of his, and his wife, what was his wife's name? Sorry, guys. Claire. Claire. Um, he was friends more so with Claire than with, uh, with Seth Green, but had become friends, and they used to play a game called Mafia, which was uh, an online game that was pretty well known around Hollywood circles. Um, but he had, he had ended up becoming so friendly that he was spending time over in the Green household. And I think this was around the time you guys are more than welcome to jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, around the time that the Pizzagate scandal had kind of broken and Isaac was a little bit miffed at that and had mentioned it to Claire and said that, um, Jesus, this shit, you know, is, is pretty crazy. And noticed that she kind of reacted well, but he only kind of took into her reaction, took into account her reaction once the, the next part of the story unfolds. Um, they he was drinking one night with Claire, the brother in law of I think Claire or Seth, one or the other. And um Seth opened up like a, a side door in the house, which was like a bookshelf, and made a joke saying, This is where we keep the children in a really weird and creepy voice. And mm-hmm. it was like a weird kind of dark room with lots of bunk beds and like teddy bears and chains and stuff like that, which Looked like you wouldn't keep a dog there, basically. Um, Nor, yeah, yeah. Well, there was uh, there were a couple rooms of question in, in okay. Seth Green's house. They went upstairs, yeah, and okay. the they had a kids' room that was all decorated out with like wallpaper and toys, and uh, it looked like they had kids. They were not expecting children, nor did they have children. Oh, okay. yeah, they I had didn't a, notice. I didn't know. Yeah, they had a kids' room upstairs, and then Did when they went eight beds in there. Well, that was uh, was up, downstairs. Had um, oh. they opened up like this. This he, he said there was like a, there was literally a false bookshelf, and they opened yeah. up this bookshelf, which you know if you're common, you know it, it seems weird to have a false room. Um, I would like to have a false room in my Me house. Me too, dude. Reason, <laughs> Me too. Um, they're actually pretty practical, um, you know, but um, for hiding your safe or whatever your stuff in. And there are companies that you can hire to come out and build false fake rooms in your house or underground. So, sure, sure. Does it amaze me that a Hollywood uh, I think a rich person has a fake room. No, I, I would assume they all do. I would if I was if I had that kind of kind of of, of money. I would have so, three basements. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he had this fake room. They open it up, but they said that there were beds with chains and stuff on them. And he said this is where we keep the, the children. Um, they were also said um, they hinted around. Not hinted. They said, listen, we're like to bring you in on something. I need to talk to you about chicken. We like to abuse chicken. Um, as I just read it, and that's what I said. And chicken, quote, unquote, for anybody out there, chicken is is a known um, code word for children uh, in pedophile terminology. Um, that, yes, that's, that's on the that FBI means. list. Am it's I correct? Child. Uh, that one is yeah. That's not on the FBI. Hot dog equals boy. Pizza is girl. Cheese little girl. Pasta equals little boy. Ice cream is a male prostitute. Walnut is a person of color. Map is semen, and sauce is orgy. 
These are on the FBI list. However, chicken um, was in the networks um, that was never written down. I have not found it. However, you will find it. People talking. You'll find it in the Podesta emails all over the damn place. Isn't Clinton's it ironic coming. that uh, the name of one of Seth Rogan's or Seth uh, Seth Rogan robot I, I've chicken? Just, yeah, robot chicken. I, I've just implemented Seth Rogan there, and I didn't even. I know. I'm sorry, Seth Rogan. <laughs> yeah. So, and think and think about this. You have chicken, meaning child or, or young meat, um, and then you have robot, meaning programmed, mm-hmm. programmed sex slave, robot chicken. Yeah. Seth Green's name of his thing is basically is programmed slave. Yeah. Robot yeah. chicken, um, and people don't put that together. But like we see, and this goes back to the occult. You can tie it all in, everything. Did you see Tom Hanks' last address to the graduating class of 2020? Um, I did, but I'm going to – I I seen it, but I wouldn't be able to recollect it, so it might be good for me to kind of – He spoke for like nine minutes or something like that or seven minutes or 13, something like that. But that speech was written for two sets of people, for the graduating class, but it was also written for another audience. And how I know is you can see 13 blocks behind him. Masonic blocks. There's 13 blocks be, be behind him. Everything these people do in Hollywood, and I'm being very general here, everything all of them do, um, it's duplicitous. Just like the knowledge of secret societies, just like these rituals that you do, um, just like the any symbol, the um, you know the Star of David. It means or this this one is that 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 that's or one. this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your symbols have multiple meanings depending on your level of initiation and knowledge you've received. You'll be able to pick the information out. The initiate who just got into masonry won't understand. But as you make your way up there, and if you're a member of societies within secret societies, you are privy to the knowledge. Gotcha. When when Donald Trump came out on February 2nd, four year, three years ago, and with the Nunez memo, he said they should be ashamed of themselves. They should be ashamed. They should be ashamed. He said ashamed three times. There's three degrees in masonry. And February 2nd is the 33rd day of the year. He came out for a two-minute interview, shaming them, breaking the Nunez memo out on the 33rd day of the year and said, shame three times. That's a master mason. That was a message to the masons, the Masonic orders. Listen, okay. I'm coming after you. I'm going to fuck you up. Okay. But, okay. but, but, but um, uh, America, who's uninitiated in these rites and in this language, they have no clue. Yeah. They have no clue. It's, it's just news to them. But when you take not only the day of the year, the um, the the number day, when you take the, the phase of the moon, the, the, the time of day this stuff happens, you take all these ancient principles, and you're Irish, you're, you're familiar with the, with, with, with the Celts and Celtic magic and knowledge, ancient knowledge of physics. When you wrap all of that together into the realm of politics, you begin to understand that we're in an ancient game of, well, Game of Thrones. And a lot of and, and pedophilia is the currency within there, and that's where um, Epstein was at, and that's what Isaac Cappy was trying to shine the light on and unveil was all of this. So it's all wrapped up together, depending on how deep you want to go and which rabbit hole you want to go down. Yeah, and I mean, for a lot of people, this is a rabbit hole, and I guess this is why why it's not. Um, these aren't fun conversations. I would never say that they're fun conversations. It's uh, because yeah. you know a lot of people look at say. And I put it in inverted commas, conspiracy theories. Uh, a lot of conspiracy theories can be, obviously, I guess, debunked. And then a lot are, are, are verified as conspiracy theories because it makes somebody look like, uh, 
look like a... Well, like, then they become conspiracy fact. There you go. Yeah, we have a term there called con, 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 conspiracy fact. Also, the term conspiracy um, theory came, was, was, was invented by the CIA after the JFK. There was, there's a memo on it. If you go to the mind map, I got the, the memo up there under yeah, the conspiracy box. I've seen it, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. You know, they, they use public, um, uh, public propaganda to put conspiracy theorists um, into a certain light. And I'll tell you, the, 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 the thing that I fucking loathe, that I hate, absolutely hate, is disinformation. Yeah. And I am inundated with disinformation agents. I know they contact me. I know people have had my ear. I wonder about some of them. I get email after email. I, there's influencers trying to get me to change my story, change my tact. If you, um, it was said after JFK assassination, listen, we'll, we'll never be able to keep this quiet. Everyone has a video camera. Everyone has photographs. And that was back then. Today we have them on our, on our phone. We have these insanely powerful computers in our back pocket all day long. Basically, uh, yeah. That track us to where we go. Yeah. Everyone sees everything. All knowledge is open. How do you combat that? You flood the field with disinformation. So um, I have no doubt some people that I talked to during the Cappy investigation, no doubt in my mind, were second or third tier uh, U.S. intelligence um, ag- agents or bad actors who wanted to keep this under wraps in the CIA or whomever. Um, and you have to go through all that stuff. And it's a point where you just don't know at a certain point, and you can't be 100% positive. Exactly. And, and I think that's why, coming. you know, I, I can kind of relay some of this information that you're, you're, you know, for a lot of the stuff that you might be relaying on, on, on first time listeners. Um, when I, when I took this journey into looking into the Isaac Cappy thing, um, I too was very, very skeptical, which, which we've talked about, um, you know, at length, um, because, you know, I'm just a kid over in Ireland, basically looking at, um, looking at this guy talking about some stuff you know that's really i'm like steven spielberg don't don't you touch et or jaws <laughs> you know and uh but then the more I, I i looked into it which which a big red flag for me of course was the lack of information and um, that i could find on google about isaac happy um which i kind of went well you know uh, what what why can't I see anything other than I mean I think you were mentioning to me Corey that IMDb basically just has literally the films he appeared in and that's it. Um. Um. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, and for a while, his IMDb page had um, uh, what did it have on there that we we uncovered? Did Judas. We, yeah, it had his nickname as Judas. Oh, Somebody yes, go, that was it. That was at, it. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, yeah, I, I went back and uh, I was actually able to verify that myself um, because I went on Twitter and there was actually a screenshot of that too, um, that, that, that that was the name, was Judas as well, which was obviously, um, if, if anybody wants to go back and look at the, the final, I guess, periscope that Isaac Cappy put up, was that that mm. name is mentioned quite a lot. Um, and I think, but, but, but I guess the, 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 the point that I'm trying to make for people that are, are getting into this when you look into the story, it is it is it gets super super creepy purely from the fact that, um, from the from the point of view that you're going, this man obviously was coming out with some heavy heavy stuff, and one of the big things actually, and I guess for you Alicia, I'll let you kind of jump in here, um, he he constantly, I think in every periscope and every video that he put up, he was constantly almost um, almost like a you know a UFC fighter or a, a boxer. 
who's who's trying to build up a fight um to make money on it was saying bring me to court bring me to court he was almost he was almost salivating at the fact that he wanted somebody to to attempt to bring him to court he said prove me wrong let's yeah. have discovery yeah. sue me let's have discovery yeah yeah um, when you and that's why I mean you saw that with Wolfgang Halbert. Wolfgang Halbert has been on this um, Sandy Hook thing from the beginning. And who's Wolf, and they've, they've, Wolf, uh, Do you want to just explain to people who who that is, just in case they they don't know? So everyone's heard of Sandy Hook. Um, I'm you guys have heard of that over there as well. I don't know how much? You, uh, not you a lot of people. Not a lot of people actually would know. In, in fact, uh, Sandy Hook in in a lot of people's eyes, um, and I, I'm not too familiar with it either. It's just purely because of a. Uh, a lot of people put it down as an Alex Jones conspiracy theory because Alex Jones is uh, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Alex Jones was backing Wolfgang. Wolfgang Halbert was a security officer uh, for the school district. Um, he was also a... Um, he's out of Florida. He was also an ex-Department um, of Public Safety or a sheriff's um, officer. I think it was public safety or a highway patrolman. So he had... Um, he had... Um, uh, law enforcement training. His job was to uh, go through the infrastructure of a school and make sure they're safe from fires, from mass shootings, from everything. That's what he did. Sure. Okay. Um, when the Sandy Hook shooting happened, it shocked everybody. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that 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 it's, that it was a false flag. Um, they have surrounded. There's never been discovery. He came out and he investigated and investigated for years on that. Uh, a couple years now, he said, "Sue me, sue me." Every time they sued him. He says, well, let's fucking go to court. He showed up at court. They dropped the charges every time because the judge would have had to have pulled the evidence that he requested that it was a real event and that the kids didn't die. And that, um, well, for instance, the parents of every one of those kids, not everyone, the majority of them, their houses were paid off December 31st in the first of the, the, the new year that next year. Okay. okay, their houses got paid off like four hundred thousand dollars done paid. Some of them moved, sold that, and bought new houses and paid in full. Every one of them. Okay, everyone knows that um, uh, that town there, New uh, Connecticut, is full of government employees. Oh yeah, it's a very sure. affluent. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah it's, it's a haven there. I mean, and I don't want to go into all the evidence of that, but um, Wolfgang was on that thing, you know. Um, and they demonized them. They absolutely demonized them. Um, and uh, where we going? What was the original thought on that? I was uh, pulling on Wolfgang here, but um, yeah, we were talking basically about. Um, I, I had mentioned to both of you when when it came to Isaac Cappy was was basically pleading with uh, with with anybody oh, to yeah. bring him to court so that it would for discovery. Out. Yeah, yeah. So so in in America, uh, if you go to court, you get to discovery. Sometimes, even if you're a defendant, you're like, fucking sue me. Let's do it. And, um, well, if the prosecutor is not willing to go to court, it's because they know they're going to lose. And that's, the one, and that's one thing, because in Europe and in Ireland, guys, I have to, I have to be, be honest with this, and, uh, and I'm not looking to offend any American listener, but we, yeah. know, we, we, we know that America is the land of suing people for, for nothing. For example, uh, Judge, sure. Ju Judge Judy is all over our TVs every week. You got... You got Jim Bob down the road suing, you know, his ex-wife over a goddamn hi-fi system. You know what I mean? Uh, it's 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 true. You know they they will. Yeah. You know, and that's that's in a lot of ways. Some of it's wrong, some of it's not. But but in in Ireland, and not just in Ireland, but in Europe, we 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 see a lot of American TV, 
and um, there is a a kind of culture i guess of suing people i mean family members sue people over oh. the worst things ever so, Pets. Oh yeah. We call America. We say red, white, and Sue. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, so I mean, <laughs> if, if you, if I mean, if I'm a guy, if I'm a guy, if I'm Seth Green, okay, and I've got this, this, this guy who uh, I'm looking, I'm looking for my fans and whatnot to paint as a crazy person, then I'm taking that motherfucker to court, or else I'm gonna, yeah. no- or else I'm gonna knock around to his house and I'm gonna beat the living shit out of him for making up a story. That's Why do you think Epstein? died exactly. there would have had to have been i when he got arrested i said he's gonna die we all knew yeah. oh it's a matter of time before clinton has him killed we all joked about it and fucking you know, a month and a half later he was dead they would have had to have had discovery they would have pulled in all those records yeah. um that are now sealed again that are now sealed again as of today the judge says we're not going to open them up and i never expected them, them them to you know why half the fucking senators the congress people the judges the ceos of this country um the the movers and the shakers all on the East Coast, as well as inter- international dig- dignitaries, their names would pop up that went down to Epstein Island and God did God only knows. Well, what. let's let's look at Prince Andrew for a moment. I obviously covered this. Uh, I covered this on 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 last week's show um, with a guy called Ryan Dawson. For any of your listeners that aren't familiar with Ryan Dawson, I would highly recommend uh, going and checking him out. Um, I've mentioned him to you before, Corey, as well. Uh, he was studying uh, and basically investigating, not studying, investigating Epstein for 13 and a half years. Um, and they, they they know absolutely everything. Very similar to your your amazing mind map that you have on Cappy. He's got something very, very similar um, on his website, which is, uh, I think it's Orz. Yeah, it's the Orz.com. Um, I'll, I'll put it up as well at the end. Um, and it's all on Epstein and the key players in that. But if you look at... Uh, if you look, because over in Ireland, obviously the royal family are still quite. Uh, they're not. They're not exactly smiled upon in Ireland. Put it that way. Um, <laughs> because of our past uh, ventures, anybody knows the history of Ireland and the UK. That that oh, yeah. that's not. You know, I've got some of my most amazing friends are in the UK. Um, I love. I love the place. I love the people. Um, but if we go back and look at the royal family, and we look in particular at Prince Andrew, and we look at. We look at a here's a here's a, here's a good one actually. Let's look at the royal family's history uh, with pedophilia. Prince um, Prince Charles, who is the the son of the Queen and Philip, um, he, one of his best friends was a, a, a gentleman called Jimmy Savile, and I, I know a lot of you guys know of him Ooh, over yeah. in uh, the U.S. Um, who who basically lived his whole life, got to an old man to die, in his mind gracefully. Um, and was when, when all this came out over here, it was just absolutely crazy. Now we've got a similar situation, obviously, with the Netflix documentary on Jeffrey Epstein, which, let's all be fair, is a very watered-down um, version of the truth. Um, the, the, yeah, the, and not to argue for just a second, but you can't unseal all the truth at once to to the way call the uh, the the normies out there sure. those normies sure. they can't assimilate it man sure. their their minds will lock up you say tom hanks implicated it is no steven spielberg these are our heroes these are our on-screen gods you can't uh, you, you can't pedo island you mean there's an island where rich people go and fucking rape five-year-olds and then dump them in the ocean afterwards no that's oh that that you've seen the movies that's not real you can't tell the normies that but if you tell the normies this, um, if you Google, 
Um, I don't know whether you have the power to do it there, but if you Google yeah. how many children go missing per year in the United States alone, but but then do it worldwide, it's a frightening so number. Frightening we number. Just, it is, and we just did a whole show on this. We did an entire show on this not too long ago. Uh, hold on a second. Why am I losing your audio? Do you have audio? Yeah, can you can hear, hear me? You. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I can hear you now. Yeah, okay. Cool. Um, we did a whole show on that. We broke down the feds the can't get numbers. me in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the CIA can. <laughs> Be careful. It's okay. <laughs> they got they got Saddam. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, that the, ain't that the truth, huh? <laughs> um. We did a whole show on that, um, and Alicia can speak better on that because she did all the actual hard numbers. Uh, she was over there cranking out the research, and we did a we did a, a, a broadcast. You will hear the number of eight hundred thousand kids go missing every year in America, and that's kind of true. Um, what you will not hear is what percentage of them return within a week or two. About ninety percent. Ninety percent within a week or two are home safe and sound. Okay. You also learn that. Um, if you have a, a, a young girl who's a runaway or a young boy and they run away. Um, They're repeat offenders. Yeah. So if that girl runs away four times that year with four police calls, that's four missing children. Whether she got back three hours later or two days later, that, that girl's now three of those. Okay. You'll also learn that uh, the, the, the runaways is like uh, 60 something percent. Yeah. The runaways is the biggest. The runaways is the biggest number of missing children. And like ninety-five percent of them are come back safe and, and sound. But, uh, uh, but of those ninety-five, you know, the five percent that don't, the majority of them wind up in some kind of trafficking, prostitution sort sure. of scenario. Very, very or, similar. Or, or, ne- or they're never recovered. Um, yeah. The. Uh, so so there is a really big number of children that go missing. Most of them are recovered safe and sound. The ones that don't get recovered are ones that wind up missing from family situations. Or um, imagine this, Child Protective Services. Those are the two areas where we lose our children and cannot find them. They are not recovered in any way. CPS, um, that's the big one. And um, when a father is kept from his kid or a mother and she comes in and kidnaps the kids and runs off with them. Um, those are the, those are the big ones right there. The actual, um, after school to dinner time kidnapping of children. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's a tiny percent. It's, a, it's like one, one, 1%. It's okay. 1%. And even it's that a lot of them are recovered. Okay. So it's not – so when you hear this number, and I know this number, and we did a whole show the other night about three weeks ago on this because this number gets thrown out there. And what really – I was actually emotionally sparked by a channel. There's a guy by the name of um, Gene. Gene makes the rounds on all the platforms. Um, he talks about underground military bunkers that are being blown up by the white hats and Trump's secret army, and they're destroying them all, and they're pulling these kids out they call mole children. And Timothy Charles Homestead has a version of this where they're like these half-human, um, we call bag babies that are bred underground. And when they pull them up, they touch sunlight and oxygen. Yeah, I think they die. Um, and that I think I think uh, didn't uh, didn't Alex Jones talk about them mole children? Uh, that was sure. Here, yeah, on, yeah. On Joe and Rogan. Here, yeah, yeah. And this is, in my opinion, my very strong opinion. Disinformation. This is where the U.S. government comes in, um, secret ops. 
and they want to divert attention from the real pedophilia and child trafficking taking place in the foster care programs, child CPS. Uh, fuck, we had it down here at the, the county assessor's office. Our county assessor, Maricopa County, was bringing in women from the Marshall Islands. He was a Mormon, putting eight at a time into his house. They were having a baby, selling the kid for $40,000 to a Mormon family, uh, sending the woman back home. That's child trafficking. That's the real child trafficking. Um, you don't need to invent some story of an underground mole children, underground bunker secret war taking place on the American budget with not a single fucking photo, not a single fucking video, not a single fucking um, um, eyewitness, not a, not a single whistleblower, no attorneys, no warriors, no soldiers, no, um, no birth certificate, no birth, nothing, not a nurse, not a doctor, nothing. They've been going on about this underground war and secret mole children. And Gene said the other day, oh, 800,000 kids go missing every year and 400,000 are slaughtered on these altars underground and they're harvested their adrenochrome. And I say, give me one picture, one photo, one, yeah. not, not a single one. I'm that shit is disinformation and it's made to take the totality of all of our information, our real work, we're, we're getting close. We're, we're, we're like hound dogs and we're on them. Happy was on them. And what happens? They got to spin the whole movement that's off into question. left field. That's something I'd like to bring up, actually. Just And, and that's what we said at the start of the show. Uh, you know, segueing is pretty much, you know, in the history of this podcast. Um, we talk about adrenochrome, okay? This is obviously something that is um, quite talked about in a lot of um in a lot of chat rooms and a lot of so adrenochrome basically is meant to be um, blood that is har blood that is harvested from a uh, very scared it can be anybody individual but apparently um it comes best from a child if i'm correct that is scared um, much to death. i'm going to we're going to um honey can i know you can, can i speak a little bit to this in okay brief? okay yeah, because um, I, we're I not going to be educated on this too obviously i don't I'm, I'm not an expert on this so you're going to want to tune into alicia's uh we're going to about a three or four hour program on adrenochrome with everything we've covered um okay. she's going to give you a quick synopsis of it here okay yeah you'll yeah so, so the reason why the numbers of missing children is important in this conversation, um, that are the number of recorded children that are missing is re important in this conversation, ties into adrenochrome. Okay. And it's, so let's talk about, I, I'm going to go back for just a second. Yep. We, cannot, we cannot measure the number of children that are bred in cult situations for ritual sacrifice. Which does happen. It happens. It, okay. But it does. It's it, does it happen in underground facilities? I don't know, but I know for a fact that it happens in private homes, in private church communities, in organizations like the Mormon Church, where people are um, doing things they shouldn't be. So that's uh, actually scarier than than the underground. It yeah. is. It is absolutely <laughs> far more terrifying. Yeah. Because um, your neighbor can be doing it. Yes, your neighbor is doing it, and your best friend is doing it, and your bishop at church is doing it, and um, and there are babies that are going missing who are never recorded. This is real, uh, but that does it. You don't have to fight the cabal to make this stop. You just have to pay attention to your neighbors and make it stop. When you start looking at your neighbors and you start paying attention to the children around you and you start listening to those children around you, and you don't have the satanic panic that we did in the 90s, but you really listen to those kids and believe them like the Hampstead kids. Yeah. When you do that, you are going to take down all of this. You, are, you don't need to go to underground bunkers and 
remove 150,000 children. You need to remove the child next door. You need. That's where this fight is at. Okay. So. Um, Nixium. Someone in the chat saying Nixium had daycare centers in Mexico. Fuck yeah, Yoda. That's right. There, you know, Yoda. Kathy was on Nixium's ass as well, and they had a complete Hollywood-infused infrastructure of getting these rich people and actors and women to bring them. Jeffrey Epstein's plan was to impregnate twelve women and have offspring. He was in a eugenics program. Okay, real quick, talk about adrenochrome. Okay, so let's. So how this ties into adrenochrome is that adrenochrome is a chemical that happens in your body due to um, heightened states of, you know, for this conversation, we're going to just talk, keep it to fear. Um, however, the amount of chemical in the body is very, is, is minute. It, it happens, and so you need a large volume of it. Um, you're not going to produce more volume because you only have so much blood. So there's only so much of it that can be produced in your body as your body is processing out the fear chemicals. Uh, we'll talk more about this in our program. It's, it's detailed, but, um, the, the drug itself, the chemical itself, what it does to your body, it raises your heart rate almost to the point of feeling like you're going to have a heart attack. There's, it's not a psychedelic. It's, um, it's not a narcotic. It's, it's not, not a, a narcotic. It's not a euphoric. It's it's actually um, a chemical that they discovered um, is very prevalent in people who have um, certain types of psychosis and schizophrenia, and and there, mm. this is what causes it. If you're taking this on a regular basis, you're going to be very mentally ill, and and your heart actually can't take it. It will um, it will cause. Uh, you do eventually have a heart attack and die. Adrenochrome is, t is technically oxidized adrenaline. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. Your body creates adrenaline, and then it goes through your system. It goes into your blood. It becomes oxygenated, and it becomes adrenochrome. That's what adrenochrome is. So, By the way, so you go you, online. Did you guys know that, um, and I've done this because I, I read it on Twitter, and I wasn't sure whether it was true, but I went on checked it out for myself. Did you that's know on Twitter? That? Fuck yeah, it's true. No, no. Did you? Yeah, no. That's that's why I, I had to go straight away. Did you know that AliExpress, Alibaba, has adrenochrome for sale? Yeah, for like thirty-five bucks. It's a powdered form, and you constitute it, and you can shoot it up, or and, smoke it, or smoke it, or snort it. And I've read reports of people who have done all of these things. Um, and we're, we're going to include this in our. Program. Well, I certainly um, didn't. Even though I look young for my age, trust me, I, I just drank from the fountain of youth. I, uh, I, don't, know, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I just... <laughs> yeah, adrenochrome, do you know those little epi, those epi, epi, epipin shots? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, when those, when those expire, you have adrenochrome. Okay. They, they they oxidize. That's why okay. you know okay. you can you can give yourself a heart attack or kill yourself if you use an expired epipen. Yes. Okay, sure. that's all it is. It, it's it's that simple. Again, back to the psyop, back to the CIA, back to Hollywood. This gets written into a Hunter S. Thompson book, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Right when those characters are in the Vegas hotel room and they're talking about it, and this is where it stemmed from. Well, There's, well, there is there is script of it being a thing in like from the 1800s. There is there is some writing about adrenochrome way back then. Um, but even then, it was discovered initially. Yeah, when it's it was originally discovered. It's in Las Vegas as well, right? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Uh-huh. There's a very famous scene that we've we've, we've covered yeah. that yeah. As, as as well in multiple shows. But um, but there there isn't enough out of a terrified child, so that so that your audience can can have a little bit of peace about this. There isn't enough about it to take from a terrified child to have any kind of uh, experience like they're like we're thinking and okay. we're told and we read about. So if you can, read the trip, we, I think if, we need to debunk some of some of the stuff. Then possibly debunk. I don't know whether that's that's the right terminology, mm-hmm. but um, obviously Definitely. I've been looking into obviously the Q thing, which is obviously in my opinion. Um, from what my findings have been, bullshit. That's just my personal. Too early for Q. It's my personal opinion, um, but I find that you know, with with a lot of these online movements, they are obviously going to um, pander to some people that are quite um, probably down in themselves a little bit, and 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 or pissed off at the world, or you know, maybe even susceptible to being very very gullible. Uh, would be also a very a fair point, I think. And then you have movements like Q who will say, right, let's... One, one of the things that I wanted to... Uh, that, that always bugged me about Q, and I wanted to mention this, is that there's a certain lady who I'm not going to mention her name. I don't think we should mention uh, the name um, that came out. The lady, the young girl... Well, she's, she's a lady now. That, that did accuse Tom Hanks of um, being sold to... Uh, sold by her father. Um, who I have looked into as well and is dodgy. Um, but yeah, yeah, you mentioned her name. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But, uh, but, but one of the things that, that kind of bothered me about that, and I guess will bother a lot of people, if you've got this lady who's only saying it on Twitter and social media and then looking to up the numbers of, of Twitter followers, why isn't she on Oprah? Why isn't she on every single TV show imaginable or or even any tv show or even even if she doesn't want to be on tv shows because she doesn't trust anybody even on shows like this you know there's a couple things i could say to that um okay a i know people who have been sexually trafficked i know people who have been raped by their fathers i know people how do you go back and a prove it yeah b do you want to go back and open all that up. It's done. It, 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 it terrorizes the victim again. It opens all that shit up. It's over. It's done. And, and I never understood it. And as you grow older, you start to understand that a little bit. Yeah. Um, understand do you really want to go back to when you were nine or 10 or 12 or 15 and relive all of that? Yeah. That person is that person today, the same person they were back then. No, um, no all I, these issues. I was, I was unfortunate you know? enough. I was unfortunate enough to have someone that's very close to me in life. That was, uh, yeah, that was sexually abused yeah. as well at thirteen. So I know, I know, um, I know that that yeah. person does not like to bring that up or or even revisit it yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So I mean, in, in in my opinion, it's probably more cathartic and a better justice to go over there and beat the holy fuck out of that person with an inch of their life and call it good. That might be, or hell, do it yourself. You know, whatever you're gonna do, be done with it. Um, but to bring it up and make a big spectacle legal show out of it isn't going to stop it from happening. That's it's fair. been with us from the beginning of time to today. And right now, right now in Libya, right fucking now, you can go buy African men on a stage at a fucking auction because slavery is legal happening today in Libya. Yeah. So, and the, the kids are being sold and they're buying Muslims over there and they're raping the hell out of Muslim children today, now. This yeah. is happening legally in, in, in other fucking countries. You want to see slavery? Go over to Dubai. Go over to any of those Arab countries where they're buying all these kids and putting them through the mill. Child trafficking is alive and well. 
So the horror is still going on everywhere right now. We pretend like one person, and one person is a tragedy. I'm not min- minimizing it. But here you have Sarah Ruth Ashcraft coming forward saying this big thing. Does she have evidence? Can she prove it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Does she have witnesses? Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times a week I get an email from someone saying, Corey, I'd like to be on your show. I want to come out with my story. And I'm like, okay, what's your story? Well, I've been going through, I always felt something was wrong and I went through regressive hypnosis and I discovered last month that I was involved in a satanic ritual abuse situation and I was raped for, it feels like seven years of my life. Like, well, do you have evidence i hate to ask for evidence but do you have any waking memories well no but when i went to this regressive hypnosis therapy friend of mine i she gave me to pull it forward and now these memories are coming back what the hell do you do with that what do you do with that? nothing nothing i mean what can you do i mean and god forbid you have someone who's going through a psychotic episode and this happens i'm not minimizing the shit that really does happen because people are trafficked. What I'm saying is we live in a day where everyone wants to be a fucking victim, and people are coming up left and right saying they have all kinds of regressive memories they didn't know. You know, They thought they had a wonderful childhood, but now they realize they were raped by their father or uncle. And, and then they go blame dude over there, and, and what? And, and, I and think, what do you do? I think it's very important to say as well, you know, especially on, on, on both of these productions and this simulcast that we're doing, for Dynamo's Dozen and the Phoenix, and we are not in any way, shape, or form um, advocating or even implying that uh, that every single Hollywood actor or every single famous person is guilty of this because that's obviously not the case. No. There are plenty. No. There are plenty of. I, I looked into. Uh, I remember seeing some idiot, and and you will find a lot of them on YouTube, as as we know, and you've mentioned it. Um, <laughs> that like oh. The Rock. The only reason The Rock is there is because surely he's part of this and, and he's friends with this person and that person. Guys, I, I know I, I'm friends with The Rock's family all my life. This is a pro wrestling podcast. I, I don't mean I'm friends with them all my life. I mean, I'm friends with them uh, on, um, uh, you know, on certain media platforms and they're normal people. They're islanders. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people like The Rock come from hard work as well. You know, most people um, do. Most people do, exactly. Um, it depends. Some people, they can probably, I, I'm sure the message you're trying to get across is that some people, they can get into uh, in, into their legion, if we want to say, um, and some people that they cannot, you know? Um, I think, yeah. didn't, uh, didn't Mel Gibson come out and kind of, that's what caused a little bit of a stir for a lot of people, because Mel Gibson came out, but he's a perfect example for, uh, you know, for, for, uh, I guess uh, mainstream media to 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 kind of debunk and make him look like a crackpot because it's quite yeah. clear that he's on you know he he's had his meltdowns. Um, yeah, exactly right. But he did mention that they are bleeding the blood of children or something along those lines. It was it was it was mm-hmm. something very. And they had the, the whole anti. They they tried to paint him to be an be an, an anti semite and on and on. on. Um, well, he yeah, didn't help. So his, he didn't help his cause with with some of the comments. No, on he that. did not. Yeah, and that's that's the no, thing. he didn't. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people out there don't care for what you know the Jews collectively have done in the realm of Hollywood. Everyone knows if if you're in Hollywood, uh, I know enough Hollywood people to know that um, the Jews run it. 
Oh yeah, and there is a little cabal there, it, it, and you will do uh, you will dance to their music. And that's, Zionism, they, yeah, Zionism. Yeah, Zionism, absolutely. Yeah, James Woods over there as well. Um, there's a number of people speaking out. James against Woods this stuff. is a good one because James Woods, obviously, yeah. for people that don't know, he was an actor, right? Um, who yeah. uh, was in one of my favorite movies back in the day, and then when I heard this, I was crazy. Uh, Video Drum. Um, mm-hmm. And Video Drum is actually very, very. Uh, when you go back and watch it again, it's actually quite. Um, it's quite disturbing, actually. Video Drum is a disturbing what? film, anyway. What's, what's it called? Video Drum. Video Drum. Drone or drum? Drum. Video Drum. 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 Okay. Um, it's one of the. Uh, it's one of the kind of. I guess it's a, it's it's a cult horror film, but um, it was kind of based around um, the power of. Um, videotape back in the 80s it's an 80s movie um but i didn't know i thought james woods is it was it was james woods considered somebody that's that's not trustworthy i didn't know no uh, james woods comes out he's a conservative um okay, he talks okay. a, yeah a lot about con- conservative stuff and he and like he, he's been blacklisted in, oh, in, okay. in, 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 in hollywood and that's what they'll do they will Flat out blacklist you. Mickey Rourke. <laughs> uh, Mickey Rourke is one of the best uh, examples of that. Mickey Rourke back yeah, in the nineties. Yeah. Obviously, Mickey Rourke, uh, Hollywood heartthrob back in the uh, back in the eighties. Um, but obviously, he was a very powerful man. I mean, both physically uh, and you know mentally. Um, yeah. He was obviously blacklisted from the nineties, I believe, because I believe there's a great story of of uh, Mickey Rourke, um, basically beating the shit out of many Hollywood producers. Um. Yeah, and 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 it's kind of weird. He's a guy I'd love to get on a podcast, actually. Just just yeah, moment. yeah. We do we do we do whole shows about that. Um, but this is a great example about how everything we're talking about with Isaac Cappy ties into all of that as well, and exactly. the adrenochrome and the disinformation and yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I I also do want to say that. Um, and I got, I'm reading the comments here as well. I am convinced, guys. Ninety percent, not a hundred. 90%, somewhere in 85, 90%, that adrenochrome, what we collectively believe in the truther community, and this is going to be a hard, I'm, I'm going to be a hard pill to swallow. This is my opinion. I've been wrong before. I am, we have researched this now for six months. I am convinced that what we believe adrenochrome to be today is probably almost 100%. It's more mythical. Mythical. It's, it's, it, is, it, is a, it is the boogie monster. It is something that's not true okay i think they use it as a tool to explain um why they do this to children um because nothing else makes sense right because it doesn't because ritual abuse in and of itself i mean it's horrific enough and and that's and and really that's the reason that they do it they and we'll we'll discuss what ritual abuse is in this program and we'll we'll do a really great conversation about why that's so powerful. We're going to do, we're they, do a show on this, and I'm going to explain. We're going to explain all of this and why we believe this at, at this point. No, we're not bought off. No, we're not shills. No, the CIA didn't get to us. No, we're not, you know, I know it's coming next. You know, Corey's now in the adrenochrome business, and he's covering for the for the cabal. Fuck you. No, it's not true. <laughs> look, at this, um, look at this guest that he has on now. He's, he's definitely part of it. <laughs> <laughs> we actually did the research, and when you get in there and you read the people who have done adrenochrome, Public yeah. records, people are like, guys, it sucks. Like, 
it's I'm never going to do it again. It wasn't fun. I thought I was going to fucking die. Uh, there's nothing pleasurable about this. I know because um, you see Johnny Depp and like people look at a picture of Johnny Depp, you know, looking pretty frail and then go, yeah. oh, look at him now. Like, no, it's it's Johnny Depp is a 57 year old man because he shares the yeah. same birthday as me, actually. Yeah. Today. Happy birthday to Johnny <laughs> Depp. Um, yeah. But but like it's like you, you cannot just use this as a tool to, to, to kind of, um I guess, Implement absolutely everybody without any actual fact. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, the- there is definitely something going on with the, with the celebrities and how they're aging so yeah. hard. But is it adrenochrome? No. No. It's not, it, it, there are there are other drugs involved yeah. that people are taking. It's the Hegelian dialectic. <laughs> you, it's the Hegelian dialectic. You control the narrative. And if you don't want them to figure out what's going on, you give them something else that's not true. You yeah. give them, um, you give them adrenochrome. Why do you think Hillary Clinton comes out with a scandal every year? Because yeah. when they're getting close to something else, Hillary Clinton has a new scandal. Why? They'd rather have you talking about Bill's, you know, loose zipper and his dick flocking around everywhere <laughs> than what Hillary Clinton's doing to solidify power and you know and and, and what they're really doing on the other side. How so does, how, you, does uh, how does uh, how does he even have a dick still? I don't I don't I don't know that dude. I don't decrepit. I know I have the answer. I have the answer because it's on his head because he's a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh... No, yeah. So you control the narrative, guys, by putting the disinformation out there, and then you get a couple influencers. You have Johnny Depp make that movie you write it into the in the public um you know then you produce it and you make it go viral and what do you have you have a new mythos and you have a mythos people latch on to it and they're going to grab that instead of the real facts that are are and, are, are what's happening and i think it's fair to say that like a lot of a lot of actors will just be happy to be paid as well so i mean if if you have a johnny depp or what's his name um benicio del toro they're probably yeah. they're probably reading this script saying they don't have a clue what this adrenochrome is. Also, it's a possibility. I'm oh not yeah, saying, you know, you know, you know, you know how many actors have never watched the movie after they make yeah. a movie, and the, especially the TV shows. They're like, I don't know, like uh, half the the actors that were in um, um, uh, Game of Thrones, like, oh, I don't, I don't watch. Might have showed yeah. up and did it. I don't, I've, I've, I've watched the series yet. That's it. And I think, but look, I think uh, as we start to wind down on this this particular podcast, I know you guys will probably continue on for a little while. I'm not sure. Um, it's, yeah, we do regular four-hour broadcasts. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm more than I'm more than happy to come back on with you guys once my show's over. Sure. Um, I'll take a little break and I'll, I'll come back um after five minutes again. I won't won't stay long because it'd be interesting to keep talking with you guys about this. Um, sure. Yeah, we'll go a little longer. Um, but in terms of let's wind down on the Isaac Cappy thing for a lot of people now that are, are obviously that have listened to this show. By the time it comes out, um, which will be tomorrow, it is the 9th of June, so this should be airing on the 10th of June, so that's when everyone will be, everybody on my side will be hearing it. Um, where, where do you feel, obviously, it's really still hard to know, Isaac Cappy, um, is, he, is he live, is he dead, is he, um, you know, is he in witness protection, there's so many different things. And um, when you look into it, that that are just still still confusing. But I guess you, as the expert, and I mean Corey, n- not to blow smoke up your ass or anything like that. Um, you are kind of uh, and and of course you um and of course you, Alicia. I mean, I didn't mean to leave you out of this. Um, you you are kind of the experts on this in the sense of having 
a mind map which basically shows every single trace of what Isaac Capi done within that, that time period. Do you think they got to him? Uh, if they did, how do you think they got to him? Or if, uh, you know, because that's essentially what, what it boils down to is somebody got to him for him to deteriorate that in, in that way. Um, I, I know there's a lot of YouTubers that we can kind of point the finger at as well. Some of them are out there. I've watched a couple um, based on your show that I don't like the look of. I don't know whether I should mention them or not, but um, what do you think? Um, there is nothing more divisive in the um, Isaac Cappy investigation I've done than those believe that Isaac is alive and living in witness protection and those that believe he is gone. Um, and that right there, people will tribalize in the camps and they will fight over that, and that becomes the narrative. And that's where disinformation agents and influencers have come in to get everyone off as, as, as well. Um, you look at the photos. Um, our entire team, once I got the photos of Isaac Cappy's dead body on the attic, or what the alleged one, um, we look through people who, who were with Isaac. Um, Kelly. Um, uh, uh, she goes by Shark Belly Kelly. Uh, we got Alicia. Other people, they said that's him. The hairline, the ears, the eyebrows, the jaw, the moles on the skin, we, we matched them all up. If that was not Isaac's body. The shape body, of his fingers, <laughs> the, tur the turnout of his feet, that was, that was Isaac on the ground. Um, so either, you know, if you're going to believe that Isaac is alive, then they would have had to have, here's what would have had to have happened. They would have had to have staged an impromptu um, event right there. Isaac would have had to have, um, well... I talked to the guy who saw the body fall, and then I saw. I talked to him when he, he said he saw the first vehicle, the red truck driven by uh, Scott For, uh, Forrest Proctor, drive over him. He saw him get hit, oh. and then he saw a second car hit Isaac. And then I talked to the other guy. I interviewed him for an hour who saw Isaac, he says, go off the bridge over there. Okay, the two kids, the Deck Brothers, wouldn't talk to me. Um, I spoke to another woman who was there at the scene, didn't trust her at all. There's something fucking not right happened at that scene. I'm mm -hmm. not denying that for a second. Yeah. There was something wrong about that, the whole scene. That being said, um, that was Isaac on the ground, in my opinion. Yeah, you would have had to have faked the Department of Public Safety, and you would have known which officers would have shown up. You would have had to have faked the, um, the, 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 the sheriff's office. You would have had to have faked the entire Belmont um, – um, uh, Ponderosa Pines Fire Department, which showed up first on scene. Then you would have had to have faked the actual um, uh, Navajo uh, Camp Navajo Military f Facility, which also showed up their fire trucks that happened just outside of, of their property, which is weird because they don't add – I'm not saying it's not involved. I'm saying to fake that body and fake it, you would have had to have faked whoever would have been driving up by at that moment. Maybe it all happened. I don't know. And if so, why? Why, 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 when you can just just as easily go out and say, um, Isaac Cappy's body was found. He pulled over and decided found to... found in a motel room. Found in a motel room. In the middle room. of Arizona. Why then, would you shut down I-40? Then I think it's fair to ask this question as well, um, again, for the listeners, um, especially to you, Alicia. Um, do you think that his frame of mind had gone down to that point that he could have actually been in the mindset to throw himself off such a... Don't forget, guys. This is a twenty foot bridge. There's better ways to uh, better ways to kill yourself. Sure. Yeah, the fucking Grand Canyon, sixty miles away. Yeah. Well, and there are an awful lot less painful ways. Yeah. Especially because in our conversation on Wednesday night, 
he told me how terrified he was of having his limbs ripped ripped off of his body. He said, I am terrified of having my limbs ripped. Someone they told them they were going to rip ripped limb from limb. Okay. He said, he said I, I've thought about it. Because I asked him, I said, are you suicidal? And he said, I don't want to be. I am not suicidal. But it might be a gentler way than what's coming for me. He said, they are going to rip me limb from limb. And he said, I don't want to die. I am not suicidal. And he told me again, I am not suicidal. And I, I think that's suicidal. important. That's important. That's so yeah. important. Now, now, if you're not suicidal, can you be hit with voice of skull technology? And people, if, if, if you those out there listening, you don't know what this is, and you think this is like conspiracy land, get educated. This it's a real. real military patented technology that's been employed since the 1980s. It's called D2K. Okay, it's a microwave-based technology. It's actually the basis as well for your 5G. It's real. It's fucking been around for quite a while now. Can you? Because the head is a perfect receiver, and you basically just broadcast it. You pick it up. It's wet and mushy, and you have the. You have seen those those bone acoustic head, head headphones, mm-hmm. where you can listen through the bone now, not your eardrums. Yeah. Same same thing. The it's, bones in your head, right behind your ears amplify what is being broadcast to you and it creates a lot of pain now remember i told you about the pain he had in his head and the lump on the back of his head it is very typical for victims who are being blasted with this regularly to start banging their head on the ground to make the noise stop because the it causes the broadcasting causes pain and it's so loud and so they start banging their head on things to make it stop and that's what was happening. Now, now, could okay, and to answer your question more d- directly, we have been given because our, our brains think in d- dualities, right? We think of a football teams, one or the other, or wrestling, you know, the good guy or the bad guy, or whatever, or the you know the Eagles or the Patriots or the Democrats or the Republicans. He either committed suicide or, or he, he 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 didn't. What about this? What about? Someone told Isaac, hey, uh, we're going to pick you up and pick you in. We need to have a meeting w- with you. We have Trump's people coming for you right now. Uh, go meet us out here in front of the hotel. And someone comes up, and it's not them. And Cappy realizes he's in danger. He starts running. What about that? What about, um, what about hey, we need you to meet, meet us on the bridge, be on the, on the southbound lane of the overpass. You're just going to jump right in there. And, um, you know, at, at 730, it's 722, and we're going to go ahead and um, pick you up. And he stops for, for a second, sits on the, the, the bridge, and then they go over, they push him over. What happens if, um, I don't know. Well, what if they grabbed him up, told him to meet him there, beat the hell out of him, because both his eyes were black and blue. Both his eyes were black and blue. They were black and blue. No and text messaging. His phone was silent at 137 a.m., yet he walked around the hotel smoking cigarettes all damn night. And then at 7.22 in the morning, uh, went outside and sat on the, the bridge. What if he was grabbed that night after his tire went flat and then interrogated, Confused. tortured, or whatever? And what if his body was dead when they, and they, they, they threw him wasn't. off? He, his, his mother told me that he had a pulse of 40 beats per minute. Yes, at the same time, um, I've talked to uh, two medical uh, EMTs, and they said if you get there within four minutes, they will still have a pulse, even though... Even though the um, um, from a jump and a run over, you could still have a pulse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, um, did he was he thrown off? Then you have cardboard gate. You got that kid. That kid I taught. This is the weirdest fuck. I still can't get get get, get over it. Kelly is, you know, uh, settled on this. I haven't yet. Um, 
I talked to the guy that ran over Isaac Cappy. I yeah. talked to him on the phone. Yeah. yeah. And I recorded the cover the first recorded conversation. I, I wish to God I had it. I didn't record it. He called me when I was on the way to the to the to the to the bank. Um, and I pulled over and had the conversation. Said I'd call you back. Then he lost his nerve. He wouldn't talk again um, until months later when I called him back. And that time, I remember, he told me there was cardboard over the body. He said, "Yeah, there was cardboard laying over the body. I, I, I ran a piece of cardboard. It looked like cardboard. I thought it was a box of kittens. There were people up on top. I thought they were protesting. That's what he said. He said, you know, keep in mind he'd just been driving by. He said I went back and the woman was pulling the cardboard over the body again. I said cardboard. He's like, yeah, cardboard." And then the second time he told me the same thing, I got it recorded. It's in the mind. You can go there into the, into the witness testimony. Well, I was going to say that as well because we've got we've got about one minute forty five seconds from my side yeah. left before mine dies. So I do. I am, I am uh, intriguing people to go to your page. But I also want you just in the next minute, if you can do it in a, in a condensed way. Sure. Where, where can people find your stuff and, and give them information about your your website and stuff? So if you type in the Phoenix Enigma. The Phoenix Enigma into uh, Google or whatever. I'm like the first two pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you'll, you'll find my, my, my YouTube, my, my website. The website is a repository of all of the information, not only about Isaac Cappy, but my deoculting. We go through shootings and we deoculting. We do a lot of deoculting here, but we go through the numbers and the moon phase and we apply the ancient physics and sciences to modern day events. And I break down the spell, these, 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 these rituals that are constructed and cast in public. Yeah, uh, we break those down, so you can go there to the Phoenix Enigma. And I will, um, of, I will of course have it have have your stuff linked in my uh, in my bio, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, it was a pleasure being here. Thanks for having us, man. We'll do it again. I mean, oh no, one hundred percent, we're gonna do it again. One hundred percent, we're gonna do it again. And I know um, we're gonna we're gonna stay here.